0: Guardian Unlimited.
1: Guardian Unlimited. The Rugby World Cup
0: Show. Sponsored by Magnus. Time to play. Go to magnusider.com. Hello, welcome again to uh, Guardian Unlimited's Rugby World Cup Show. Uh, let me begin by thanking the blogger who suggested I should introduce myself as In Pain rather than Ian Payne because of Northern Hemisphere teams. Very fitting. After some of the performances so far, thank you very much indeed to all of those of you, by the way, who have joined in via the podcast and the blogs, blogs blogs.guardian.co.uk forward slash sport. Let me say that before anything else, blogs.guardian.co.uk forward slash sport. That's how you get in contact with us. Otherwise, just sit back or whatever you're doing and listen. Now, in today's egg-shaped podcast, it's Le Crunch for the French against the Irish. That's a Friday game. England's talisman is back, but will Wilco really make any difference to the performance against Samoa? And then after that, they've got to face Tonga, who beat Samoa. And the Scots face the mighty All Blacks at Murrayfield. They're the games that we're going to be concentrating on. Let me introduce uh, the guests that we have with us. On the phone, Eddie Butler. We'll also be speaking to Doddy Weir, the former Scottish international with me here in London, Adam Sills, who's the Guardian's assistant sports editor, and Jed, who's our alternative rugby commentator from New Zealand. And as our furthest-far guest, Jed, may I ask you, first of all, what have you made of the tournament, and are you still absolutely confident that the Kiwis are going to do it?
2: Without any shadow of a doubt, I feel the All Blacks now. When you look at the, how we've lined ourselves up going through the, the, semi, well, the knockout stages, quarter-final France, semi-final Australia, World Cup final South Africa... It looks good for us. If we knock those three teams off back to back to back, surely we're the greatest team in the world. Thank you.
0: Eddie Butler, have you seen anything that would make you disagree with what Jed suggests?
3: No, no. But there again, we've said that before. We've we've issued our uh, our nose. Nobody could beat the All Blacks before, and somebody does beat them. And it's still not beyond the bounds of possibility. I thought Australia were terrific against Wales. I mean, the, the game was done and dusted at half-time, and I just thought Australia looked... A rising power, and South Africa. You know they they do it their way. It's very direct. It's very quick. It's not subtle, but they could still present a challenge.
0: Okay, uh, let's introduce Adam Sills, the Guardian's assistant sports editor. I think you're a Hi. podcast virgin, aren't you? For us, uh,
1: in the in the oval-shaped ball. Yes, absolutely. Sense,
0: yes. Anything that you suggest would maybe disagree with what our two experts are saying there?
1: Well, I would certainly think South Africa. Were, were so clinical and so effective against England, then I would think they would give New Zealand a very good game at the moment. And you have to wor- worry about uh, New Zealand's pool in the sense that they're playing some pretty ranked nations um, who would rank alongside well, so ro- who, who to play England. The other who day. would rank <laughs> alongside England, as a, as as I was about to say. Um, Scotland are ranked. Is that an official Guardian statement? No, no, absolutely not. I think Scotland are a, a, is a fine country with a fine rugby team who would probably give England a very good game at the moment. Um, but uh, that would be the one worry for New Zealand in the sense that when they come up against whoever they come up against in the quarterfinals, they might be a bit rusty.
0: Hmm.
2: Well, they uh, put, I mean, they pulled the shorts down on the champs. Uh, thank so they, pardon? they pulled the shorts down on the champs in, uh, on Friday night in South Africa. Oh, I see. Just perfect tactics. Knock them back, sit them in their own quarter, and then absolutely beat them up. And England couldn't fire any shots up front. And then I read on the back pages from all the different papers that somehow Andy Farrell's the bloke to blame. How does a guy wearing twelve? Uh, how does he make the entire excuse for
0: the guys wearing one to eight? Pathetic. Mm. Well, we've had this. We've had this argument many times. In fact, we've had a lot of people who've blogged us saying that we've we've been too harsh on England and that we should uh, we should lay off England for a, a while. We've had all sorts of people suggesting that um, we should give England a chance. Eddie, have we been too harsh on England so far?
3: No, I do agree with Jed. I mean, that you, you, to heap all the blame on Andy Farrell, and it is a knee-jerk anti-league reaction. It, it, it exists in rugby union. It's a, you know, it's an archly conservative sport, and uh,
0: anti-rugby league reaction. Anti-rugby I mean. league, yeah. and it
3: does. It, it just shows itself all too all too easily. Andy Farrell is just a super rugby player, and to blame him on on zero ball or, or on, on on what ball he had going backwards is is just absurd. You know, the England pack just isn't functioning. There isn't there isn't a collective spirit there. You know, you hear rumours of, of of grief in the camp. Uh, mind you, that, that that's part of the process of having this strange interlude, this week of of non-rugby, really. That it gives it gives us all an opportunity to pile into the gossip. And you know, there's there's upsets in the Irish camp, there's upsets in the Welsh camp, and there's certainly upsets in the English camp. Uh, it's time to get back to some heavyweight rugby, really.
0: Yeah, um, here's uh, Rip Six from. Sorry to interrupt. Here's Rip Six from Auckland in New Zealand. He said, "England are royally screwed." People talk about media pressure on the All Blacks causing them to choke in the World Cup year. I've never seen a team so utterly crucified by their own countrymen just two games into the tournament. Nimrod Troit says, "So typical of the British media to go over the top with <coughs> the triumph of 2003, and now in 2007 to be kicking a man when he's down." Even worse to see that the papers—that's you lot. Have generated a deplorable fickleness of nature in the minds of the rugby public, who I always thought were largely immune. Let's ask someone who
1: works for a newspaper, Adam Sills. How do you plead? Well, if I could turn just uh, stick up to, stick up for the media for one second. In terms of Andy Farrell, it was Mike Ford who, uh, who uh, added to the debate about him by saying he wasn't up to it anymore, and uh, uh, he's he's sort of. He did a U-turn yesterday, but there was still an England coach who said that Farrell wasn't up to it. For those who might not know who Mike Ford is... He was the defence coach, I believe, of England. Right, correct. Um, oh, so, the, so the
2: media's hiding behind the skirts of Mike Ford now, are they? No, no. Oh, sorry, not, no.
1: How can you not criticise a team that didn't threaten to score a point against South Africa, didn't look like anything like world champions against France in two games, um, and just just aren't aren't doing it and may well go out in the pool stage which for a team that were world champions four years ago is unacceptable
3: Eddie the, the England supporters are the most easygoing, going equable bunch of sports lovers in the world they are they are decent people and yet after that England game against South Africa I spent some time and they were horrified by their team's uh, performance that's, and they hadn't read a paper nothing to do with anything they'd re- written or, 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 sorry read they were just horrified by what had unfilled in front of their eyes you know and that's that says it far more eloquently for me than anything that's been written since.
0: And it's the same in the whole world over, isn't it, Jed? If the, if the All Blacks don't perform as well as the public or the media think, they get crucified, don't they?
2: Yeah, they do. And I mean, the biggest factor on the board was no points. Never got in a position to score points. No penalty? Nothing. Not a thing.
1: Well, it was a classic thing about Farrell that before the match, he hadn't kicked an international goal for three years, and he still hasn't kicked an international goal. You know, it's a...
0: Right, reasons to be cheerful. This is the, uh, the, uh, the thought for the week. We're going to pinch this from another show. Thought for the week. Reasons to be cheerful if you're a Northern Hemisphere rugby fan. Eddie Butler.
3: It's a tricky one, isn't it? It's a <laughs> little stinker, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, would think, I would think Portugal have got someone to celebrate from this world. Hurrah! <laughs> right, OK. I honestly do. I, I didn't
0: actually think... mean them, but that, we oh, can go oh, there. Oh, no, okay. that's, fa- that's fair enough.
3: Is that all right? Yeah, uh, Georgia, I think... If I was Georgian or Portuguese, yes? there you go. From the tip of the Western Hemisphere... To the tip of the eastern bit of Europe, you have you have reason to sing. Right, it's just that the big six.
0: We're stretching great. the northern hemisphere boundaries like an elastic band. I fear exactly, it was, exactly. I, I fear it's it will twang. Area. It is a large area. Um, Adam, reasons to be cheerful, Six Nations wise.
1: Um Chabal's a good player. Well, absolutely. I was just about to say I mean it's it's great to see Chabal starting and he's such a great. He's just got such a great look. He's a great player and I mean this is classic picture of him holding a holding a baby oh, which is featured isn't in Isn't it the most fantastic it's picture? It's a great picture been... and it's featured is it his in his baby. I think it probably is. Yeah, and it's featured in virtually every paper since the tournament started and he's someone that people can grab onto and just look at and be interested in it, just because of the way he if looks. If you haven't seen it great. he's
0: holding a little toddler who must be only, you know, 9 months old if that. Um and uh, he looks like a caveman, not the baby uh, Chabal, <laughs> And he's holding him in front of the camera, and he looks like he's just about to eat this baby. And obviously, I assume it's his baby, but it might not be. But it, he is—he is the quintessential rugby caveman, isn't he, Jed?
2: I uh, yeah, I think he's—he uh, he lives in a cave, <laughs> um, paints with his fingers and toes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and even he got nearly— he, even he got nearly knocked out by Namibia last night when he had that—the other night when he had that high tackle of him. But sure enough, little. Shake of the head and a little bit of a peppermint salt under his nose, and he was fine. <laughs> he's such a
3: nice guy, though. I mean, he's such a sweetie off the field. Is he? Oh, he's great. You know, there's, uh, you know, he sums up the French spirit of rugby. That's why he he's been adopted by the French as their as their emblem of the World Cup. And they were looking for one after what happened against Argentina. And Chabal has has risen up, and uh, they love him as a but cult figure there as well, as much as as he's adored at sales. In a
0: way, though, Eddie, doesn't that epitomise? this French rugby team, that they are big bruising blockbusters rather than... They are the, the broadsword rather than the rapier.
3: Well, it's very interesting because what, what the whole build-up to this World Cup was about making showbiz stars out of all their players. Michelac on magazine covers and all the guys were, were doing the catwalk stuff with jewellery and clothes. And yet two games into the World Cup, they reverted towards, to something a, a little more elemental, and we have Sébastien Chabal as the face of French rugby, <laughs> and they're much more at ease with that. You know, they, The caveman is French rugby far more than, than somebody swanning down a catwalk.
0: Yes, if, if the French are the cavemen, Jed, what are the English... Uh, running around with sticks and stones perhaps I'm not sure the dinosaur yes from clan of the cave bear it's just appalling isn't it is there anything the northern hemisphere big six have got something to be cheerful about particularly the home nations England Ireland Scotland Wales
2: you've got four more years and a bunch of rule changes
3: (laughs) how (laughs) about Scotland all right
0: okay let's talk about Scotland they've only got the all blacks to play Uh, Eddie reasons to be cheerful for Scotland
3: well they've Play two, one two, and I love the line of Nathan Himes. He says, "We don't want to go to Murrayfield. We're very happy at Fran- in France, in the sunshine, enjoying the World Cup in France." But they had to do the trek, and uh, and they and they saw off uh, Romania, and, and you know Italy struggled to beat Romania. So Scotland, you know, looking good for a runners-up slot in in that group. To play against New Zealand is obviously awful for them, but. Um, uh, They would never have thought we're going to beat New Zealand and win the World Cup, you know, but I just think they've been pretty positive at this World Cup and their preparations for it. Size wise, they've done something. They've come out fit, big, and strong, and are playing, you know, pretty well. Well,
0: we're going to bring in Doddy Weir in a minute, and we're going to talk to him about this, the former Scottish international. But, um, Jed, is there anything New Zealand fear about Scotland? The fact that maybe Scotland are at home? Never beaten them? What, what do you think?
2: Well, there's been one or two times uh, in the previous encounters where the Scots get the tails up and away they start running. And I guess when you look across the pool, New Zealand haven't had too much pressure put on them at any stage. Um, but it's going uh, to be extremely tough for the Scots to uh, to surprise the blacks, especially in Murrayfield, because it's such a traditional part of all-black uh, all Black culture now. It's uh, Murrayfield... Uh, Carter Farms Park, places like that. So the All Blacks, I suspect the mental and the physical attitudes will get wound right up uh, because they know, you know, Scott's given half a crack or we'll at least try and climb into the game because they've got the bravery to do it.
0: Well, I'm delighted to say, to uh, talk about Scotland, we're joined now by Doddy Weir, the former Scotland international, who's going to be at uh, Murrayfield... On Sunday, reasons to be cheerful is our buzz phrase of this particular podcast, uh, Doddy. Are
4: you cheerful? How are you? Very cheerful, thank you very much, and very well also. Yeah, things are going very well for Scotland at the moment. Uh, In the World Cup, they seem to be playing... Quite well compared to the other home nations, which is always a big bonus. Okay, and, and how do you
0: foresee this game against the All Blacks? What about team selection? How do they play it? Do they have any
4: chance? That's well, going to be one of Scotland's easiest games. Mm-hmm. Not bother that <laughs> 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 it's, it's bothered. That's a... Jed, our resident New All Zealander. Right, get on Dotty. Get stuck in, brother. I saw that. I heard there was going to be a bit of problem here with <laughs> Jed, so I'll try and get in first. Okay, mate. Off you go. Um, there's been a lot of discussion about who's going to be in the team and out and what team Frank is going to pick uh, there's a lot of ways looking at it one is don't put the strongest don't put all the cards on the table at the moment and then bring them all out for the final when we can meet New Zealand hmm. don't uh, think that's going to happen no no I, I, plan I have, B I, I, well I think plan B definitely is going to be for Scotland to look at the game for for the, the atmosphere and everything it would be good to have the first team but we have to qualify for the quarter finals and if there's any other team in the world, uh, apart from New Zealand, we might have had a chance. Um, now, I think New Zealand, the way that they're playing at the moment, they've scored 184 points in two games. We've kind of, or I personally have identified it, There's going to be a hard game. So I think they should concentrate on the Italian match, which is only five, six days after the New Zealand match, and put their full strength out for the last game on the, the pool a competition because they have to qualify and they have to win that.
0: So you would actually rest uh, first fifteen players for the for the All Black game. I
4: would be inclined to rest as many first fifteen as possible here. Eddie Butler, do you think that's a good idea? Uh, I think it's a very pragmatic thing to do. Whether it's in the spirit
3: of the competition mm-hmm. and the prices they're charging at Murrayfield, uh, I, I'm not sure. It does set a, a pretty uh, it does set a precedent that um, that will be challenged, I'm sure. But uh, you can see the logic of it. Um, it, it. It does make me uneasy, though.
1: Adam Sills, what do you think? Um, well, it would be a shame to. Uh, there's also the fact that if they do put out a second uh, 15, if they if they are then thumped by 80, 90, 100 points, is that then demoralising for the whole for the squad as a whole? And wouldn't it would it not be better to lose by you know 20, 30 points? Um, and maybe the players are slightly more tired. But it'd be a good, you know, it'd be a good workout for them and we'll maybe toughen them up for the Italy match as well.
0: Jed, presumably it won't be the first 15 for New Zealand, will it? Uh,
2: it's, well, we've got 30 now. So we just, <laughs> the park, <first> 30. <laughs> we just park about wherever we go. Look, I can understand what Doddy's saying. It does, you know, in a, in a tournament uh, context, it makes a lot of sense. But it's got to be tough if you're, a, if you're one of the guys in the Scotland, Scottish team to know that the only thing standing between you and 80 minutes against the Blacks There's a team policy about moving a wee bit further forward. And I'd be hugely disappointed if I was an individual Mm. and I was put in that position because, uh, you know, it is one of those moments in your rugby career where you look back and go, you know, no one can take that away from me, regardless of what happened.
0: Well, who do you expect to finish? Let's assume New Zealand will finish top of the group. Who do you expect to finish second?
2: Well, it's going to be a right bingle between uh, Italy and Scotland. A right what? A bingle, mate. You know, it's like a backyard punch up. Yeah. Right. Uh, But. I'd be, you know, I'd be telling a lie if my heart wasn't with Scotland to come see it. Because? Oh, well,
0: because I'm from Dunedin. Oh, well, there you are then. <laughs> That's sorted. Of, that, that. Most, of, most of Scotland moved to Dunedin when I was over there. Everyone else was either Scottish or New Zealand or had some kind of ancestry. Uh, so we think uh, New Zealand to top. Do we all, are we all that similarly? Doddy, con- are you as confident as Jed there that Scotland will finish second in the group?
4: Uh, yes. I would certainly hope so. But as you, as you mentioned, this game's the big talking point now. If... the Scotland were to play, say, England and another nation, France, or even I think they would have put out a full-strength side knowing that they've got a little chance. There's always an outside chance, but history shows that we've not beaten New Zealand yet. So I would put everything on Italy. And the way Italy are playing, Scotland should qualify for the quarterfinals.
0: Do you think, Toddy, um, that Scotland are playing the best of the, the four home nations, England, Ireland, Scotland and Wales, at the moment?
4: I think they are, Yes. Uh, I I still think there's a a few problems within sometimes the way they they play. They they still tend to the first... They've they've not really played any major opposition at the moment, which doesn't help. So it'll be a good, interesting task to see how they get on at the weekend. But they still have little flaws in their game. They're dropping passes. They're losing ball in contact. And that certainly has to stop as soon as possible because when they're against far greater and better opposition, they'll get penalised quite heavily for that. But uh, certainly continuity-wise... They're getting things together, which is quite encouraging.
0: Uh, Blogs.guardian.co.uk forward slash sport is uh, the way you get in touch with us and ask questions and raise points. Blogs.guardian.co.uk forward slash sport. And already one has come in from uh, Michael, who lives in England, who says, why are you called Doddy? I thought your name was George.
4: (laughs) He is very correct. That uh, In Scotland, for some strange reason, um, Doddy is short for George. (laughs) <laughs> there we go. Enough. George is short for Doddy. Oh,
3: yeah. Superb.
0: And Eddie's your real name, is it, Eddie?
3: Uh, Edward, my mother. Oh, Eddie. That's much more like it. And in fact, very few people call me Eddie, really. It's sort of Ed, really, or or, or just a stream of abuse. I, I respond to that <laughs>
0: Mr. Butler, yeah. if you prefer. <laughs> yes, Were you yes, christened yes. Jed? Uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't christened. What's your foot? <laughs> is- <laughs> I don't know how to follow that one. It's funny, actually, just before this podcast started. I- so that is your real name, is it?
1: Yes, yeah. yes. I was having
0: this uh, conversation with Jed beforehand and I said, "Oh, could you just tell us something about when you came to England? Is there anything about England that surprised you? And you said... Folding bikes. And I said, don't you have them in New Zealand? No, Why? We've got enough room. <laughs> I thought it was a marvellous thing to say. If you think of uh, anything that you'd like to ask Jed, as I say, you can uh, join in by going to blogs.guardian.co.uk forward slash sport and have your say. Doddy, thank you very much for joining us. Good luck on Sunday. You may need it. particularly good luck when you play against uh, Italy and St Etienne on the 29th. Thank you very much. Guardian Unlimited. The Rugby World Cup Show. Sponsored by Magnus. Let's um, talk a little bit more about England because uh, we thought that this game this weekend against Samoa was going to be the crunch game. But, Eddie, with Samoa having been beaten by Tonga, maybe Tonga's the crunch game.
3: Yes. I mean, what, what it does show is that there is no easy game for England in these last two pool games. And uh, since their confidence is, is, is obviously low, uh, I'm not sure whether there'll be any room to, to rebuild it. You know, you, you normally expect to, to, to have some errors coming your way, but I don't know whether you do now. C- certainly Samoa and Tonga will just be flying at it. And their fitness levels have got better. Um, it's it's going to be tri- I don't think England can lose. I, I don't think they're that bad yet. But
0: Can lose uh, to what, either of them?
3: I just think that haven't. Yeah, I, don't, I think they'll win both, but I think they'll struggle in both as well. I think. And, and they'll go into the quarter final and almost be so relieved to get there that they'll just fall over.
0: And in the end, they'll have to play probably Australia.
3: Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll tell you one thing about this. This is um, from uh, Simon, who's uh, blogged us. He says The trouble with the Rugby World Cup is it's too predictable, too many games. You know what's going to happen.
3: What, oh. like Argentina France?
0: Well, there's one that didn't,
3: but apart from I mean... Like Samoa
0: Tonga. Well, So you think, does everyone agree with Eddie? They think that's an unfair...
2: Oh, no, I think that's rubbish. It's you not know, predictable. Can, well, you, can, you can use that argument right, right across any international tournament if you know the tournament, you know. Uh, who's not expecting the big six to go through in uh, the World Cup, you know. Who Probably couldn't name the 10 finalists in the 100 metres or the 1500 metres of the Olympics, you know, and then turn around and say, Well, that's predictable. I mean, that's just rubbish.
1: Mm. And let's be fair, the minnows of the so called minnows, have, have done okay, you know. And as we were saying earlier, Portugal have really sort of made a name for themselves. And with the exception of a couple of games, the routes haven't been as emphatic as we thought they would be.
4: Well,
2: what's predictable is you'll get email like little blogs like that.
1: Yeah. You get blogs on anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> blogs on anything, we'll accept them all. Uh, do get in touch with us. Jed, do you think England will beat Samoa and Tonga and then lose to Australia?
2: Uh, I'd like to think they've probably got the nous um, and they've got the smarts to get across both teams. Although it's going to be incredibly difficult because the blood's in the water now for England and uh, both of those specific teams will be just you know, absolutely gagging for it. And the competition now between Samoa and Tonga Will not be who finishes where, but which one of them actually manages to, to knock England off. And uh, I wouldn't expect Michael Jones and uh, Peter Fadiolofa and a few of these other guys from the Manu Samoa to be sitting there thinking to themselves, well, I'm not going to let the Kingdom of Tonga get away with
0: this. Um, let's move on. Then. <laughs> uh, Wales against Japan is the game this weekend. And then we're all expecting Wales to uh, go through when they play Fiji in their final pool match. Uh, you're not expecting any particular upsets, are you, Eddie?
3: No, I think Wales are doing okay. Actually, um, they have a terrible record under Gareth Jenkins, but actually, it's okay. You know, I, I, Wales are quite good at playing badly and doing well at World Cups. And, <laughs> and, and <laughs> it is bizarre, but Wales is a very d- difficult country to to, to analyze when it comes to rugby. It's slightly hysterical and it's altogether too passionate. I'll tell you and, uh,
2: what, the signs down in Wales or up in Wales are hard to analyze as well. Yeah, indeed. exactly.
3: Yeah, but um, <laughs> but they can play. And you know, if, uh, just just gauging the difference in reaction to what happened at at Cardiff when Wales played Australia. Uh, Wales had a standing ovation at the end, the way they performed in the last 20 minutes, and there was near silence greeting England, and uh, Mm. there is such a contrast, and everybody is just saying in Wales, look, it'll be all right, we do need time to get this game plan together, and now against Japan and against Fiji, at last we have a, you know, people will enter our spirits, that it will be a bit of a chuck around, and and Wales will beat will beat both of those.
0: Do you agree with that everyone? Do you think Wales will win those yeah, two? Yeah, I, th-
1: I thought they were it was a, it was one of the one of the best matches of the tournament so far, the the game against Australia and they really put up a good fight. Um and just showed as, as Eddie was saying that compared to England for example, they they have the pace, they have the cutting edge, they have the the ability to break the line that the likes of England don't have, and I'm sure they will do very well against, against both teams.
0: Reasons to be cheerful. You see, we've found some. Um, I just, You know you were talking about um, road signs in uh, Wales, Yeesh. and they're difficult to fathom. When I was in New Zealand, I saw the longest place name in the world. In New Zealand, do you know the one I'm talking about? Oh right, I th- actually, yeah, I thought
2: there was a there was a Welsh one that was even no like no that. there was,
0: well there is a there is a Welsh one. What's the, the well? We'll do the Welsh one in a minute. But there is a New Zealand one, and it means it's something that like the man, that the place where the man lay on the cloud to find his father, da da, da and it they turned it into a pop song, the Lone Ranger. <laughs> did you ever hear about this? No, I did And it started off, bang, taca, bang, taca, 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 bang, taca, and it did the whole oh, the really? name, and the whole place name. I think it's about 113 letters long. Goodness it me. was the Lone Ranger, Ranger, Ranger. No, am I talking complete no, no, gibberish? Oh, here. Look, no, it's whatever you taka manage taka to taka 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 on your taka 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 tourist trail, so Have you it, never heard yeah, of this no, one?
2: I wasn't privy to it. I'm a local.
0: OK, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, please, <laughs> to preserve my sanity, if nothing else, then do um, blog us and tell us that I'm talking nonsense or uh, otherwise. Cause it I know is the magic
3: I'm... mushroom season, Ian.
0: <laughs> is it? Blog, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? Out... Yeah, <clears throat> October. Blogs.guardian, someone told me once. Blogs.guardian.co.uk forward slash sport. There's two of Jed of me. Blogs.guardian.co.uk forward slash sport. Please tell me I'm not mad. Right. Um, the game of the weekend, uh, Tonga and South Africa apart. Forgive me if you're listening in Tonga and South Africa and you think I'm talking nonsense. Again, uh has to be the Friday encounter between France and Ireland. It's uh, it's a crucial one, and as Eddie said, with Argentina having beaten France in that upset on the first day, it really is the crunch, isn't it? Um, Eddie, how do you see it?
3: I, I think it's very difficult to call, because if there is one side in the Six Nations who can, out of nowhere, uh, put in a great performance, it, it is Ireland. Just thinking back to the last World Cup, when they came to Melbourne from Adelaide, having played Argentina... And they had to face Australia. They sort of said, oh, we can't possibly take this too too seriously. We're exhausted. We're not playing that well. And really, they should have beaten Australia that night. So they can pull something out of the fire, Ireland. But their form is absolutely abject at the moment. Uh, And and France are under some obligation to, to carry on the good work after that appalling start they made. I really can't see Ireland doing it. Have
0: you heard these rumours of a revolt in the camp? Jordan Murphy actually stormed out, although that was denied.
3: Well, to be honest, if you're, if you're playing that badly and you're Jordan Murphy and you can't get into the 22, I think you've got every reason to, to throw a pout. And I, just, I, don't think, I don't think we should go for complete harmony. If everybody says in a losing side, oh, everybody gets on really well, then something's wrong.
0: Uh, Chuck Walrus has blogged us. He says, Jordan Murphy has been left out of the Ireland 22, not even on the bench, replaced by Gavin Duffy. No respect to Gavin Duffy, but come on. Henry Fitz from Trillian, Ireland says, I think Jordan is paying for 2006 and 2007 against France, not just 2007. In fact... I'm finding it hard to remember an occasion when Jordan played well against top-class opposition. The thing is, he's the sort of player who would have been very useful against Namibia and Georgia. Swerving Girvan just isn't the same kind of threat. And Posh FPG from London says, uh, Well said, Chuck Walrus... Chuck Walrus was the first one about Jordan Murney not uh, being in the 22. It's an outrage. The one guy who can outdo the French is needed. Uh, May still be paying for missing the tackle at Croke Park on Imenes At least Redden is finally in, but with no practice matches or game time, it couldn't be worse than Stringer, though.
3: Uh, I, I think it's worth pointing out that uh, you know Gervin Dempsey made the position his own. It's got, it had nothing to do with Jordan Murphy or his missed tackles or his loss of form. Gervin Dempsey just improved overnight and and went from being a being a player with sort of forty odd caps and and being okay into into an exceptional
0: fullback. Adam Seals, how do you see the Irish situation?
1: Well, I think th- it's very difficult to judge so far because the other reason to be cheerful is possibly that none of the Another one? the home nations haven't peaked yet. With Scotland have done okay, but you know, we haven't peaked yet. Maybe, the, maybe that's still to come. You're on the mushrooms. Uh, <laughs> but what Ireland need is a, is a very good start against the French because what we saw against Argentina was within 25 minutes, 30 minutes, Argentina were on top. The crowd had turned. The French lost the plot. What Ireland need is to, is to start that well. Whether they've got that in them, we're not. You know who can tell? But they but haven't. Um, they
0: haven't shown any sign yet. But they that have. They're the, in
1: any form at all. Have they have the players. They have the the class. They kept saying that about England at the
0: football World Cup. They have the players, the golden generation. What a! And it never ever worked. Jed, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I, look, i people looking out the back line to look for skericks of clues about it, How Ireland might go? It, you're all looking at the wrong place. Look at where it started for Argentina, and that's where the deal is on the paddock. The pack. If you can't get it going up front, and 14-10 against Georgia suggests that Ireland, the wheels might be going in different directions, then how the hell are they going to square up to the French, who quite simply will not let that first game repeat? They were going to go out there against Ireland and put their mark on this World Cup and I suspect some clover going to get cut in the process. And
0: is this this is All Black philosophy of the most basic traditional kind? It all starts with the forwards, full yes. stop. Yep. And this is exactly the, this is Graham Henry's philosophy. This has been Graham Murray's, everybody's philosophy over the years. That's you it.
2: You don't generate the go forward with the ball in hand. I mean, but you've got to have the support. But you've got to have the platforms. You've got to have the strength. And you've got to have the out and out muggrel to take the ball forward when there's eight guys in front of you saying, no, you can't take it this way. You've got to take it, wing it, and absolutely believe that the guys behind you are going to put your two or three feet, boom, down on the ground. Then the next guy behind you is going to pick it up and do the same thing. And you're going to create that pressure. It's a toughness, it's a mental attitude, and it's an understanding that rugby union is a game, that you breach the team up front, and that's when you let the tail crack.
3: Mm. You know, for Ian, I think the most influential player in the world isn't Dan Carter, isn't anybody at half-back for New Zealand? It's it's Carl Heyman. Absolutely. New Zealand took themselves from a point of being vulnerable at the set-piece scrummage into a position where everybody is terrified when New Zealand packed down for a scrum. Why? He's six foot because he's a destroyer. He's an absolute destroyer. He's dead solid at tight end. All the weight comes onto him at tight end on New Zealand ball. He doesn't budge. He destroys opposition on their put-in, He's six foot three, so he's a great booster at the lineout. He's good with the ball in hand. He is a magnificent beast.
0: Mm. But you have players like Sheridan who play for England, who's just as big, just as tall, he just, just as lacks
3: strong. Lacks the natural, the Carl Heyman is an instinctive
2: natural player. He just the uh, Sheridan. I agree. He's a you know physically, he's got the makeup. The rules have been written. Let him play the game. But he just lacks the genuine athleticism. He lacks the instinct. He still pulls himself off the ground and has a wee scratch on the head and then wanders off to the next phase. Okay. Um,
0: Do we, I mean, obviously, as as people from these islands, people are hoping that Ireland win, and yet there is a sneaking part, certainly in, in the back of my mind, mushroom induced or otherwise, that we want France to stay in this tournament. We need France to stay in this
1: tournament. We want France to stay in, but do we also need the home nations to stay in as well? Because while it's unlikely that you could have a quarter-final lineup without a home nation in it. Um, France, however, you know, once, once, once we've got these games in Cardiff and Murrayfield out of the way, hopefully it can be a French World Cup which will just take off and um, you'd need France in it. Eddie, in it do we when... need France in
0: it or are you hoping Ireland win?
3: Uh, oh, that's, that's horrible. Um... I, I think for the good of rugby, we need France playing a quarter final at home. It's their World Cup. To see them play the All Blacks in Cardiff is ludicrous. It's just not 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 what it's meant to be. I mean, it's their own fault, obviously, but but somehow I'd prefer to see France not go anywhere. I'd prefer to see France fail to get out of the group than go to Cardiff for an All Black quarter final.
2: Yeah, so would I. Eddie, just quietly?
1: Yeah?
3: <laughs>
2: Seriously, I mean, on the day, if there's any team you don't want to take uh, at that early stage, it's... Got to be France, yeah. And that but as Tom Hart said, you know, uh, in previous show, the only team in the world that can lose the opening game of the
0: Rugby World Cup and get through to the final, that's them. Okay. Well, it's going to be a fascinating week. Thank you very much to uh, all our guests here, to to Eddie Butler, to Adam Sills, to Doddy Ware and to Jed. Who, uh, if you're in London, in the area, can actually hear your commentaries. What is your alternative commentary uh, that you the, do, Jed?
2: Yeah, we do the live show. For uh, all black games. Yeah, for all black games at the Clapham Grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so will that'll you... be
0: Sunday, 5 o'clock, Scotland against New Zealand. Yeah,
2: that's right. And then if you're listening online, you can just patch through to us on arc A-R-C-rugby.co.nz.
0: A-R-C-rugby.co.nz. 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 arcrugby.co.nz. arcrugby.co.nz. OK, brilliant. Thank you very much to uh, to one and all. hope it's a, a wonderful weekend wherever you happen to be watching the rugby. If you want to get in touch with us, you know what to do. Go to blogs.guardian.co. We'll be back at the end of the weekend. We'll have another podcast and we'll know if it's Ireland or France who are still in. And we will await to see if England can perform or not. We'll see you then. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Rugby World Cup show. Sponsored by Magnus.
2: Time to play. Go to magnuscider.com.